You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. If it's, can I say it, Rabbi Yosef? If it's the last day of December, 2023, this must be Rizcha Daraisa. Do you wish people a Happy New Year, by the way? Uh, people in the street, non-Jews, do you wish them a Happy New Year? I live much. We don't see non-Jews. <laughs> I see. Okay. So, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm here, I'm sort of like mulling around about the non-Jewish world because that's part of what I want to talk about. I, I sent you an article that I discovered in my Consumer Reports magazine, and it's really about an issue that that many people find more and more uh, a frustrating one as time goes on, which is that we find ourselves either talking, you know, to chatbots or when we're trying to reach people in customer service and whatever sort of business that we are having issues with, whether it's a bank that didn't necessarily credit us properly, whether it's an alarm service, whether it's some sort of uh, object that we ordered, some sort of item that we ordered that didn't come, we find ourselves dealing often with people that we'll never see. Sometimes these people are uh, in, uh, on another continent, operating in a different time zone. And we find, I think, ourselves frustrated. Many of us get lost in, in a sort of a labyrinth of a phone tree uh, that I think the companies, Rebiosev, specifically want to make a frustrating experience out of it. And I think that what, what Consumer Reports magazine has a uh, mentions, there's a certain organization called Consumer Rage, and Consumer Rage somehow uh, measures frustration levels by sending out questionnaires. And they discovered that in the last seven or eight years, rage against all different sorts of companies has risen incredibly. Almost 40% of people say they sometimes scream or are or, or just so upset about the way things are, are, are occurring. And, and, and it got me thinking, Rubiosev, that sometimes we have people that are very calm in other ways. They work on their midas. They work perhaps on their derech eretz. Uh, they work on being Noach uh, but in this other area, the area where they don't have to be connected to uh, their social their social family, the people that are part of their shul or part of their uh, school, there they can let loose because it's sort of anonymous. And as the Consumer Reports magazine article says, that's never the way to get anything done. They are people on the other side. And despite the fact that they might be in Bangalore, despite this fact that they might just be some trainee, a person, in order to get things done, has to be a Balmidos consistently and be sovel sometimes and, and know how to speak and how to speak kindly, even when you can't believe the level of incompetence. Now, let me ask you before you comment, have you ever been uh, a subject to this type of frustration before? Of course. Sure. It's very frustrating and it's very difficult to restrain oneself. It's interesting you mentioned that in the last seven or eight years because you know who became president seven or eight years ago, raising to the level of of rude and crude behavior, probably leading to increased confrontations with customers, <laughs> wow. among others. Here you are, Rabbi Yosef, once again, connecting it to one of your favorite 
picadillos is that Trump is somehow uh, not just the 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 simon, but he's the seba. Absolutely. And I and as as I argued when you know, I think it's it's almost four years ago already that Trump is just a a simon. He's not the seba of of, of a general anger and frustration that was probably building. Rabbi Yosef, even in the time of, of Barack Obama and, and probably earlier, I, I think you 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 give to Trump much more significance than he deserves. I wish that was true. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, this frustration I think is 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 part of part of it. I think is the is the is the anonymity that the computer age gives us. You'll be Michael me if I if I make a somewhat of a crude comparison. But I think the same thing that allows us to sort of scream in frustration and be upset at, you know, some service agent uh, for Amazon is the same thing that allows the the president of the, you know, the, the state university of Wisconsin and his wife to sort of engage in these uh, behaviors, right, of, of, of you know, being porn stars on some sort of, you know, local porn site. Yeah. In other words, we have this private part of ourselves where where we're able to just be to let it out right and 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 and, and it surrounds us so often we don't go into stores anymore we don't take returns back to to the macy's uh returns desk everything is done on the phone if we can get someone on the phone or with angry uh, tweets uh, of what we're writing on the chatbots and i think that, that that's what i think it's a phenomenon I, I am not sure that, may, of course, it probably contributes in a significant way, but I would add that um, the anonymity of the transaction is not just what allows our, our, our negative traits to rise to the, come to the fore, but also it, the, the, we have no sense of uh, self-esteem and being uh, significant when we are on the phone with um especially somebody who uh, immediately chooses to call us by her first name and uh, that uh, does not have any uh, inkling of who we are and obviously doesn't treat us with any degree of respect except for the generic uh, pleasantness that they're taught. This uh, sense of anonymity, I think, is something which um, leads a person to to see this false kind of pleasantness as just a facade, especially if it's somebody coming from somebody halfway around the world or three quarters way around the world in India, where most customer service is um, located nowadays, which basically the company is saying that you're not cultural enough to speak to an American. We're just going to put you together with an Indian who we can pay much less than we pay Americans. The wait time has already frustrated us. The sound of the, of the foreign voice uh, exacerbates it. I understand when they want to call me Robert because imagine how many people can pronounce Beckoff in India. But, uh... <laughs> you know, one thing I, I wanted to um, mention here is that the kindness that you should show, the gentility, the patience, although it definitely will help you in getting the return done or whatever it is, I think also what we need to be maybe worried about, especially in, in today's times, is the same way we sort of like suppose that the person from Bangalore is probably someone, uh, you know, someone from India, maybe a Hindu or a Muslim, they know who the Jews are as well, right? There are names that indicate you are a Jew. 
Are the Indians careless? Maybe Pakistanis, but not Indians. Yeah, but but I think we do have to worry about that. We do have Why? to worry when they see Saul when Saul Greenberg. What is does that mean? Because of Chil Hashem? What do you? Yes, what do you mean? yes. When Saul Greenberg is screaming at at, at the returns department and 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 at United and saying, you know, I can't believe, you know, you're not honoring this ticket. I had to wait five hours in line, and the plane was six hours delayed. And again, I want to have some satisfaction. They'll say, okay, I'll let you speak to a supervisor. The the person puts him on hold and says, some angry Jewish guy on the phone here. I'm pretty sure, you know, that that, that, that is happening, because Saul Greenberg is still Saul Greenberg. Uh, you know, let me take this into a little bit of a, a different area uh, for a second. And tell me if you agree with this. You know, there's a famous Chacham uh, Tzvi that deals with uh, the issue of, of Tsar Balichayim and um, the Mitzvah Shulach HaKain and basically follows the Rambam, but not exactly. Uh, the Rambam in Merenavuchim says that one of the reasons why we have to have the feeling for the, the mother bird is because the Rambam says the emotional level of attachment that a bird has for its chicks is basically the same level of emotion that any human being has for its children. The, the, the human being's intellectual faculties dwarf, of course, any animal. But on an emotional level in connection to, to children, it's, it's very much the same. So the Chacham Tzvi takes it to a little bit of a different place. I don't think the Rambam meant. Chacham Tzvi says, and therefore... It's not that we are worried about the animal, but that if you show cruelty to animals, what's going to happen is it's going to build within you a crueler nature. And that is going to come out when you deal with humans. Again, which I think the Rambam is sort of saying that that a that an animal has, in a way, is an emotive being that you need to respect. Uh, uh, the Chacham Tzvi is saying, uh, maybe the animals aren't, but we know we interact with them. And when we interact with them in a cruel way, we become crueler in our other interactions. So I, I want to say that this could happen here as well. When we have this bifurcation and we allow ourselves to 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 yell and be frustrated, this helps our anger uh, motif go, and it's going to somehow let loose, and we're going to lose it in shul as well. It makes us angrier people, even though we are secluded in a room uh, talking to somebody on the phone. I, I, I'm, I'm reminded of of the psak that Rav Steinman gave, and I, I, it's 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 a sort of an interesting psak. It was one of the things that I read about right before he died. So you know that ways was developed in Eretz Yisrael. You know that it, one of the features of ways is that if you want to change something, or if you want to um, alter something that's going on, there's a, a a lock that occurs where it says this feature is not available during driving. Now, you're able to to push a button and say, I'm not driving. Like, you could be the passenger, or you could have, the person could have stopped. So they asked Rav Steinman, if you are driving, and you do want to, to get unlocked the ways by 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 putting that statement into your phone or whatever it is you're using, Rashtayman said, you know, that might be an example of Midvar Sheker Tirchok. If the statement on the phone was, please unlock, you could press it. But since the way they built the, 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 the app was, I'm not driving, pushing a button when you are driving 
inches you closer to being an abject liar. I, I want to add to that, that in this past week's parsha, Yaakov Avinu uh, said, asked uh, Yosef, and this actually is the, the source of the idea of Chesed Shalemes being uh, you know, Chesed Tamesim because they can reciprocate. But the Chesim Sefer says, Chesim, chesed the MS refers not just to Chesed Tamesim, but it says any Chesed which a person does without a, a, anticipation of schar, not in Olam Hazeh, not in Olam Habo. In other words, true Chesed is not done with any anticipation of, uh, of reciprocity and it's done without any hope of reward. And a couple of people asked me after I mentioned this in Shul on Shabbos, I, uh, can I feel good about it? If I work for a Chaveirim or something like that, or that's all, am I allowed to feel good about the Chesed? I said, yes, feeling good is not the same thing as looking for reward. On the contrary, you're supposed to feel good about you what you do, because if you're doing something good, that's supposed to make you feel good. And Mavdesa says, you're not doing it if you don't feel good as a result of the thing that you're doing be, making uh, uh, being a good thing. But I, I think that the, the, the Chesed nowadays, especially as we've seen in the wartime, Chesed is is very highly uh, circumscribed. The certain Gedolim will tell you to do Chesed with only certain types of people, and not with other types of people. I think that uh, there are many uh, people who we've met on this program in the past who have uh, made it clear that Chesed to people other than people who are similar to yourself is not appropriate, and that makes it uh, makes it really something which has to do with reciprocity, and uh, has to do with uh, not the mitzvah of Chesed but the mitzvah of Chesed, which is a different thing altogether. We know that Avraham Avinu's mitzvah of Chesed was to do Chesed to everybody, regardless of who they were, and that that was not a cheshbon. So. We all know that in boys' schools, there's no emphasis on chesed whatsoever because it's bitul Torah. And in girls' schools, they have this highly uh, ritualized program of chesed hours and stuff like that, which diminishes the entire point of chesed because it becomes a tour and, and, and it's something which a person must do. So if I don't have the meat of chesed, we're not trying to cultivate the meat of chesed, how are you going to be nice to other people? A dog really practices chesed shalemis, Right? They, they don't, they, I don't know if they expect any reward from you for their loyalty and for their kindness to you. And uh, maybe we can, that's something we can learn from a dog. It's like, it's, uh, that uh, there is this idea of chesed, which a dog, which you're holding on your lap right now, represents to us. Here's the thing. You're right. There is an idea of Racham of a Kolbasov. And I think the Rambam was close to that, despite his elitist uh, leanings. Um, there is an idea of, of, of everything as part of the Rabbani Shalom's Bria. But even if you want to, to be a, a insular person, even if you want to be someone who recognizes the chiluk between Mensch Yisrael and the non-Jewish world, using a Hershian term, or the great Kedusha of, of, of Klal Yisrael versus the Goyim who are Mushrash in the Sholosh Klipas HaTmeyos. Even if that's your, your mindset and your attitude to the Goyim Arurim, you can't in today's world be, uh, you know, be a, 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 a difficult, angry person in one and not expect that not to bleed into your, your, your regular life. 
And I think that is what, unfortunately, you say, you, you say it's Trump. I think it, it, it started way before that. Well, Trump is a paragon of not of being antithetical to Chesed. We know the whole Trump Foundation was a trumped-up organization. Yeah, look, you know, we can use him as a punching bag as all we yeah. want. And I, and, I, and I think by using that, we sort of like run away from our own responsibility, uh, whatever our mindset is. You know, I, I mentioned to you last night that it still stays with me. That and I'm I'm going to sort of cloud some of the facts because I'm not going to lie about it. But I'm saying I don't want to. It was a, a very Choshevarov who has achieved extreme levels of acceptance as a world class basic, um, and 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 has written uh, a, a number of very important svarim. And I was with this person, um, and and we stopped at a, a gas station, and it was where for some reason he wanted the attendant to fill the gas tank. Maybe at that point there was no difference between self-serve and full-serve. New Jersey. It, it happened in, it actually happened in, in, in Flatbush. I remember where it happened. I don't want to say where, but I remember the exact spot where it happened because it really stuck, stuck with me. And what happened was is that the attendant put the, the gas hose into the car and then just let it run. And this Rav came out and when he noticed that it already become full and that there was, you know, a decent amount of gas on the ground, he exploded in anger with him. He says, why could you do this? He says, he says, not only is the gas leaking, now I'm being charged for that. And he was upset that the non-Jewish attendant didn't stop the, the, the gas do you think the Jewish attendant would have acted differently? He probably would have acted the same way. No, I don't think so. Especially if the Jewish attendant might have been one of his mispaulim. <laughs> I, I, I think, and, and, and I said, wow. I said, I understand. I mean, I'm a person, we're both redheads. We both, you know, it doesn't take much to get us screaming. But I was so surprised. And, I, and it, it seemed, and, and I'll tell you, it, it has stayed with me to the point and, and maybe it's really unfair because you can't judge a person by his worst day. But as we say, and Bekasa is one of them. And it's in, in many ways, it's, it's caused me not to really, to sort of like downgrade the significance of this person's Piscal Lohis. Don't we have uh, sex in Judaism like the Geras who make a big avoida uh, out of being rude and pushing and shoving? I think when we talk about the Geras, we, we have to mention, of course, we're in, we started the first week of Shoivavim. And of course, if, if you want to talk about being rude and shoving, it's all part of a certain type of stoic, you know, removed mindset. That, I mean, stoic. It's about being and also That's why they are rude towards anyone, right, who is you know, of the author's sex, somebody, right? They have, uh, Geras are, are big and tough. And 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 disciplined. They make uh, their wives walk a step behind them. Is that also for that reason? Yes, yes. It's all part of a of a certain type of which is really strange because there's probably nothing sweeter and more accessible than Svasemis, no? I think it doesn't come from Svasemis. It comes from the uh, the Yemenis or the basic swell. I think started that. I think uh, obviously the highest meter which we hold in the um, in esteem is the meter of Ishtavus. 
Why well, I should say the highest, one of the highest midos is the midah b'shtavos. And uh, obviously, this world we live in is antithetical to any yishtavos of any sort. As mentioning the, the certain the certain chassidim, well, obviously, it seems that their entire chassidus is against the idea of yishtavos, and perhaps hislavos and yishtavos don't go together in a certain way. But if you, in order for you to be a, a, a calm, cool, and collected person, you need to have the meat of yishtavos, and that's not something which even is discussed in our world, let alone cultivated. Ishtablus, right, because we want things immediately. You said stoicism. That's Ishtablus is stoicism, and we lack that notion. So, I don't know, somehow you wanted to say the Geras are stoic. I have no idea how you ever may, how, how you want to present that, but stoicism really is intense, calm, and not reacting, and accepting everything as it comes. I do believe the word stoic makes sense for them. They accept things without complaint. Uh, they wake up early. They they learn. Uh, you know, they go to the mikveh. They they come early to shul. Uh, they learn for a couple of hours. You know, again, they 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 exercise uh, a discipline, which I think is is laudatory. I, I I'm not going to justify uh, the way they treat uh, their their women folk or the way they treat shul alter. Yeah, well, again, we we talked about that uh, in a previous program, but 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 again, you know, internecine uh, struggles between groups has been something that's been with us for a long time. Whether it's you know, it goes back forty or fifty years, the Sotmer and and Lubavitch battles in in in, in you know on, on the edge of Crown Heights. I'm really talking here about as we started today, dealing with uh, the world that's that surrounds us, uh, the world of whether it's the person on the other end of the telephone or when we check into a hotel. I remember it was interesting when Rechaim Kreisworth was Nifter, there were a lot of his badim that that extolled his incredible memory and his mind and the fact that he was such an uh, Eli. But the ones that really stayed with me were the ones that talked about how Ma'ur of Ben Abrias he was. Uh, they talked about how you know he you know he dedicated despite his his love of Tyra, he dedicated a lot of his uh, of his year to collecting uh, tzedakahs for impoverished families throughout Yerushalayim, and you know that was one of the reasons why he spent so much time in Antwerp was to really you know to 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 get money for them, and they talked about you know the the trips that he would take uh, throughout the world and he, every hotel that he stayed in. They remembered him. They remembered that rabbi, the the non-Jewish bellboy or the person behind the desk. They talked about how of Chrysworth always had a kind word. He engaged them in conversation. He was willing to talk to them. Maybe, huh, how's the Champs-Élysées today, you know? Well, everybody um, knows a famous story about Rabbi Cutler that he made the drivers go through the toll lane uh, with the attendant, which doesn't exist anymore, in order to make them feel like they're, they have some humanity. But but I see that as a little more perfunctory, and 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 but Ruf Kreisworth he schmoozed with them. Ruf Kreisworth schmoozed with them, and he 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 let it be known that he appreciated the fact that he had to come yearly and stay in this hotel, and he knew that he was making not only a kiddush Hashem, but he was recognizing the the humanity of the people around him. Uh, despite the fact that I'm sure he would have loved to g- just got into his room and crack open a tzayis or nesivas, and, and and I think that that is that's a quality uh, that we don't see. 
we, when we see it, we consider it an idiosyncrasy. There are two issues here. One issue is the lack of Ishtabas, and the other is the lack of sensitivity to Kiddush and Chil Hashem. They go together, but there are two separate issues here. You're focusing on the Kiddush Hashem, Chil Hashem aspect. Are you saying it's in, I understand. You're saying it's intrinsic to a certain type of person is innately a Kiddush Hashem because that's who he is. Not that he's trying to make a Kiddush Hashem. Right. And, and, and I think that, you know, Rabbi Stroh Salanter, who stressed, you know, the, the importance of, of, of Midas down the road, right? Uh, and, and especially for B'nai Taira to be so, uh, of such an elevated status. Uh, and, and, and we sometimes believe that the Midas, you know, are, we only look at Shara's Rizus of Mesos Yishorim when we think about what Midas we have to have. And as, and as important as those Midas are, I think the idea of, 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 of Aponim Sahoivos and, and, and the Achiyuch, uh, you know, Malbin Shinayim, as we said in last week's Parsha, these things are, 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 are very crucial, especially, you know, in, in difficult times. And I think, you know, the G'dayla Yisrael are Mitsuyan in that way, whether it's Rav Chaim Kreisver or the Chofetz Chaim. And I will tell you, even, uh, you know, the schus that I had, and I mentioned Rav Steinman earlier, uh, with Rav Steinman. Rav Steinman had a great sense of humor. He was a person that when you came into his environs, you, you could expect a joke. Not just making you, you know, making you, you feel, you know, at ease. I remember when we came, uh, a Dirshu uh, delegation came to him and, you know, we were told on the bus, make it very quick. You know, you're only going to have like, you know, like, like, like the most 30 seconds. So whatever it is, have it written down and know what you want to say for your bracha from Rav Steinman. So as we came into Rav Steinman's room, uh, I don't know how many it was of us. As we came into his room, uh, Rav Steinman was told, we have um, a group here. There, there's, some of them are from America. Some of them are from France. Some of them are from England. And some of them are... are, are so, hmm, Steinman's nodding. He says, hmm, nobody from Australia? McKibnish from Australia? McKibnish from New Zealand? Like, you know, like, like he was making a joke about it. Right away, he punctured the whole sense of severity. And, you know, he realized, you know, it, 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 it's not Litsanis. It's, it's Milsa de Bidichusa that makes you want to be part of that person's Daladamas. And I think that that is, you know, there's a reason why, as a young Bocher, people would go and get brachas from him. He was a person, I think, that radiated positivity. Again, you know, as, as much as, you know, he seemed to have come out of nowhere, I think if you read about his life and personality, I think you see a dogma of something that uh, is very far from the guy, the angry guy, the angry Rav screaming at the uh, at the person who who, who who put in too much gas in the gas tank. I want I want to go to another issue very quickly. Uh, the which irked me today. There are certain people who are walking, talking to Hashem's. One of them is Mr. Smutrich, the uh, the finance minister of the state of Israel. And I don't stand pushing what goes to the guy's mind. And Netanyahu, to a certain extent, has done, done the same thing. Specifically, they've talked about, uh, as much as said today, he anticipates at the end of the war that only 100,000 Arabs will be left in Gaza. Israel will set up, again, communities there. And the other Arabs will go somewhere else and they will be done with them. And the mind boggles at the stupidity of these people and the, the the lack of common sense and the lack of of a notion of Chil Hashem. 
First of all, the Arabs are not going to go anywhere unless you force them out. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants people from Gaza in any event, so there's nowhere to go. And to say this, cover um, as a as a minister of the state of Israel to a world which already thinks that Israel has an apartheid mentality, where is Seichel? We, we've zeroed in on Smotrich and others on this platform often, uh, that they are endangering lives. I think that's what you really are trying to say, is that this type of fodder becomes bulletin board material uh, for the next terrorist. And yes. therefore, I think that's really what, what why Smutrich's comments are not just a chil Hashem, but they endanger Klal Yisrael. And I think this really, you know, is, is not just a new topic, Rabbi Yisrael. We live in a period where when I was with that Godel at the gas station, there were no cell phones. There was, there was no ability uh, for the attendee uh, to take out his phone and film the guy screaming about the gas that had, that had dropped on the floor. Today, you never know. The guy behind you might take out his cell phone, and the next thing you know, it is everywhere. And I think that's part of, you know, as much as we think we are protected in this world of chatbox and AI, <laughs> we have to realize that everything we do and everything we say can be looked at, can be measured, uh, can be then publicized in a way that it's not only our own, our own personal detriment, but especially if we look like we represent the Jewish people, uh, we have to be very, very careful indeed. So that's my plug for Consumer Reports. So next week is going to be our season uh, finale. Uh, and uh, we'll see what, what what that's going to be. But before we close off tonight, uh, I, I just do want to say that, you know, Rabbi Yosef and I have been doing this for uh, close to four years already. And um, this is a service, of course, that comes to you totally free. And we need your support in order to really keep the lights on. Every episode, you know, we try to edit them down. There's, uh, there's costs for uh, our high tech, our Zoom, this is something that we're not in it to make money. However, in order for to give you quality, in order to be able to come to you every week, we need your help. Whatever you feel is proper. I want to point out something here, which is to, to our listeners, which is I'm a small cog in this machine. Uh, perhaps even almost Rubo Kikulo, is involved in being Marbid's Torah through podcasts and through uh, these uh, the different uh, the, the different themes and programs which he has uh, with various different people on various different topics. And he deserves the support in maintaining this platform. I'm turning to you, the listener, and saying that Reb Avram should be supported in this tremendous venture, which entails a tremendous amount of effort and a lot of expense on his part in order to accomplish. Yeah, thank you so much, Reb Yosef. It was, uh, I, I really appreciate it. And as I'm saying, I think Reb Yosef is just part of that pantheon of stars that we have. And if you will go to our platform, I think you will find uh, Divrei Teira stretching back over four years uh, where you will hear chidushim, um, you'll hear wonderful hespedim, harochis of, of G'day Yisrael of all stripes. And also, I think, a lot of fun. 
I think you're going to find conversations and things there that are worth your while and things that you can tell your friends about. The way you can contribute at this point is I'm going to give out if you just if you have a Zelle account, Zelle to 847-239-0159. If you Zelle to that account, it will go into our special uh, 501c3 uh, account and you will be sent a letter indicating that this is a a tax-free donation to our platform. So um, if you like what you've been hearing, take advantage of, of it. Take advantage of the full gamut. And let me also, by the way, uh, scratch Rebiasev's back. Rebiasev, of course, has is doing this without compensation. And, you know, I make fun of him a lot. Uh, he deserves to be made fun of. But he also is some, <laughs> he's also someone who has taken a, a group of, uh, of, of congregants. He has banded them together. Um, they, uh, his, his shul, check his website out, uh, check his blogspot site out. Uh, you'll find there a place where you can contribute to Rabbi Yosef's shul. And again, this is a place that uh, continues Rabbi Yosef's Torah. Uh, and I know that, um, he is promising me a a spot as a uh, a scholar residence coming up. So again, it's not just his show. One thing is, let's keep Rizcha Daraisa going. The second thing is, if you want Rizcha Daraisa to continue going and Rabbi Yosef to still be a part of it, go to causematch.com slash AP, Anche Palisades. And there you're going to be able to find a place to support Rabbi Yosef Shul. And like I said, I'm whispering in Rabbi Yosef's ear to make sure that it's going to be the type of shul that will never uh, alienate people, a shul that will always have the greatest respect uh, for persons, and also to have the type of open, fun dialogue that you that's really part of Rizchad Rice. Now, we thank for you for your indulgence. We'll be back next week with the our closer for this season. Take care. Be well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.